How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject, space, the final frontier. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about space uh, because uh, I it's one of my favorite things to geek out about. Honestly, I, I love everything to do with space, our origin, and everything of existence, everything that we understand, everything that we perceive. All of its um, relevance is related to the universe, space, and everything that is embodied in it in time. Um, and our grasp and understanding of it just continues to grow and, and, and grow and grow. And, and it's amazing to be part of a generation that sees huge advancements into uh, space exploration and um, putting the average citizen, not average citizen, but we're getting there. The trajectory is getting people to fly normally into space and kind of enjoy and and be amazed by everything that it has to offer. Um, it's a lot, you know, and, uh, (laughs) there's a lot of risk. Uh, nothing is really safe about it. Elon Musk is working really hard with, with his company, SpaceX, to essentially, and you know, you have Richard Branson with Virgin Galactic. You have, um, um, why am I forgetting your name right now? Jeff Bezos with his uh, Blue Origin company, and a ton of other companies that are trying really hard to start sending people up into space. Well, uh, there is a company which I could not tell you the name of it at this given moment, but there's a company that is actually claiming, um, they're claiming that by 2027, so easily within my lifetime and your lifetime, um, that you will essentially be able to book, not you, unless you're a multimillionaire, but you, in theory, would be able to book a room in a space hotel. And when I read that article for the first time today, I like woke up and that was the first thing that caught my mind or caught my caught my eye i was like wait the article was um space hotel plant still plans to open in 2027 and i was like space hotel this must be really silly uh this could never happen now could it i mean is it possible and this company is claiming that they you know even with the pandemic kind of delaying things that (laughs) that essentially um they should be on track to have this thing up in up in uh, just um, secret orbit in you know by 2027, and they haven't released pricing yet, but it's going to be a buttload. We'll just put it that way. Richard Branson, for instance, is going to start putting people into space on his Virgil Galactic uh, aircraft and semi space. I think it's not really fully in space, but. You know, that trip, round trip, one way or or one time round trip is going to be $250,000 per person, which is ridiculous. Uh, There's a guy that won a bid for SpaceX man uh, tourist flights. Uh, The first one, a Japanese fellow, actually a billionaire. He won a lottery and actually he's a lot of, I really want to apply, but it, it would be really selfish and very risky right now. But there's a Japanese guy that essentially it won a bid and he essentially bought all the seats. And what he's doing is he's uh, doing a lottery where you submit your information. And the only requirement, I think he was saying that you will do everything in your power 
to empower society and you'll you'll uh, you'll submit your ways of, of of doing that and by doing so you commit to this and in return if you win the lottery you get to go with this japanese billionaire on the first manned uh, tourist space flight on spacex aircraft sometime in the next i don't know five years or so that's when elon Musk. i think he said like in 2025 he'll start to do that where uh, he'll be able to send people into space the average person instead of just um astronauts and i i just i can't fathom this because i cannot die before i go to space i have to go to space if i die in space i don't care if i die on a rocket that explodes it'll be quick and fast so i don't really care about that um and i have to go to space like i i have to before i die i need to go to space i need to see it for myself i need to to see what infinity looks like and you can perceive that by looking up at the night sky but it is too um it's too two-dimensional essentially like when you're looking at the night sky it looks like a sheet of paper above you uh with a whole bunch of dots on it i want to go to space and see everything that's that's out there and be amazed by it and look at earth from from that distance and I know it's going to be super scary. I know I'm going to be the most stressed I've ever been. I know it's going to require a lot of physical preparation for it. It's not going to be easy. A lot of risk, a lot of dangers, but I, I just have to go. I, don't, I really don't care. Um, but the only stipulation would be I, I have to I have to live for quite some time and, and, and spend a lot of time with my daughter. But this is like one of those things that I have to do before I go. Um, and so I, I honestly thought that this would be something that I would do like way later in my life. I, I am getting older, but like I was thinking that this was going to be something like when I'm 50, 60 years old. Uh, and even then at that age, it is probably really risky to be going out into space. Uh, I think, but who knows, maybe the, the technology won't improve and, and the delivery systems won't improve and, and make the ride a little bit more user friendly. Uh, because you, you do go through a lot of G's of and G force if you if you're not familiar that's the um, how heavy like how much gravity simulated gravity are you feeling on your body right so when someone says you're going four G's um, or you're feeling four G's of, of force on you that means that essentially you just take your weight and multiply it by four and that's how heavy you feel and i mean typically 1g is what's comfortable to you anything above that and it starts to become really uncomfortable it's like adding additional weight onto your body and so i think like for astronauts currently they they experience uh, upwards of like 7g's on their body and yeah they have like pressure suits and stuff like that that kind of minimize that impact but it's still a lot but i think uh for instance like what richard branson's doing is a little bit easier like he's starting off in, in the air already on an aircraft and then launching a spacecraft from the aircraft. So it doesn't have to, uh, so you don't have to feel as many G's. And again, he's not going, he's not trying to break atmosphere or gravity or earth's gravity, which requires a lot of force. He's just kind of trying to put you up like high enough in atmosphere where you kind of get to see the earth super high up in the air. Um, I'm also worried about all of the space travel, like all these, the space junk that we're leaving in the space is it's very scary. I'll never forget the scene in the movie gravity with Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. There's this initial scene where they're in space 
it's really wild. Essentially, this it, um this has a technical term to it, and I'm. It's like a cascading effect, essentially. There's this fear that the more space junk that we put in the air, the Earth spins really fast. It spins uh, like 3,000 miles or, sorry, like 1,500 miles per hour. It's just you don't notice this because this is just a normality for us. And when you have an object as large as the Earth, it's relatively slow for its size, but it's still moving really fast. And, I mean, that's what makes the days kind of happen for all of us. But... And I'm not even going to entertain the idea for flat earthers and how they are going to even explain all of that. You guys are morons. <laughs> Find something else to, to to follow as a conspiracy because there's no there's no logical reason for why anyone would want to lie to us and tell us that the Earth is round when it's tip really flat. Like I don't, I never understood why people think that there's some kind of special interest in that. Like it would be so easy for us to just be always have known that the Earth is flat. And, and that's our normal life. So for you to claim that there's, I'm not even going to entertain the idea of like debunking all that, but, um, essentially, uh, because the earth is rotating so fast, the objects that are in geosynchronous orbit around the earth also move relatively at the same rate, close, not fully, but yeah, really fast as well. And the fear is that if, some of these objects break up into space. Now you have bullets flying all over the earth. And if those components that break, right? Like let's say a satellite explodes for whatever reason, collides with another satellite, that debris doesn't fall to the earth. It kind of stays up there. And then if it collides with other objects, if there's enough objects in its vicinity, it'll create a cascading effect that will essentially blow space junk all around the earth and covering the earth and essentially space junk where essentially it will be near impossible to ever leave earth ever again and make any form of future travel impossible because you'll, you'll take off. And the moment you leave the earth's atmosphere, you'll get bombarded with millions of bullets and it'll be very difficult to kind of gather all this like tiny material and, and farm it up and then, you know, toss it up or, or bring it down to earth to burn up. It's a legitimate fear for, for people. And so, and we're putting more and more stuff out there. Going back to Elon Musk, he's got a, um, a, a satellite business that he's starting up right now for people that have really bad internet, which is a, an, an issue right now for a vast majority of people that live in urban areas and uh, or people that don't have access to good quality internet. He wants to put tens of thousands of satellites in the air uh, or in space and all of these satellites will create a constellation around the earth that will help generate essentially great internet, like your, your broadband internet anywhere on the earth. And you'll be able to connect to it with just a dish. And the internet's a lot faster than typical satellite internet because there's a lot more satellites up in the air and they're a lot closer to the ground. So the idea is that there's no fear with those because they're not so high up. And it's easy for them that they're built to like after like so many years to just start falling to the earth anyways and burning up in the atmosphere. But it, it's, it's just crazy to see like we're putting a, a billion things up in the air, into space and all these things could cause an issue. And anyways, that goes back to that scene in gravity where you get to visualize that it's been debunked by a lot of scientists that those satellites that cascade and, and create that cascading effect in that movie that leads to all the, 
traumatic events that that begin that movie gravity for sandra bullock that that is near impossible to happen because those satellites are not relatively close to one another especially to the iss the international space station but uh and it's a good visualization of what could occur if you put enough junk up in the air in in the space so on one side of me like i'm really happy to see all of this like everything that we're doing right now when it comes to like getting people to space and making it more affordable because the more investment that goes into the space and the more tech, the, the technology improves, the cheaper it'll get. And you know, if it costs me $30,000 per person to go to space, like if it gets to that price point, it will eventually like if we're already talking about $250,000 in 2025, then, you know, by 2035, 10 years after that, the, the cost will, definitely go down for sure and if that's the case yeah I, I would i would do it i would i would easily do it that's you know 2035 is what we're talking you know i i would probably wait even a longer i would say like 2040 2045 you know by then i would be too old no I'm joking i'd be like 50 something years old 54 55 and um you know, if I was still healthy, I would definitely do it. If I was still alive, still do it. And my daughter would be old enough at that point where I've lived a long enough time with her that I think she would kind of sign off on that as well. Um, but yeah, it's exciting, scary. You know, this, like I said, there's, there's a lot of risk with what everyone's doing when it comes to space, you know, relative to the, how close it is to earth. But I think it's important as well for us to start, you know, doing these things. Nothing will be as perfect as the earth. And I, I still think a lot of investment needs to go towards making sure that this planet is taken good care of. And, and we need to do everything in our in our power to um, to protect the earth and, and take good care of it because there's no other place for us to go right now. I don't think anyone wants to go live on Mars. I mean, any other planet is essentially trying to kill you constantly. We really take for granted all the liberties that we have at the moment with Earth, and we can't lose this planet. And 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 no other video does a really good job of representing that than the pale blue dot, or or a speech should I say by Carl Sagan. I mean that that speech, and and um, you know, watching him verbate that speech puts me to tears, even now. Like if I if I even think about that video, it just it, it gets me emotional because. It's the truth, you know. We're we're just a, a, a fraction of a dot floating in in space, and we're so fortunate that this planet is the way that it is, and we're doing everything in our power right now to destroy it, and you know, directly or indirectly, and we don't understand or we don't grasp this idea that this is it. This is the only spaceship we have. If anything happens to Earth, it's done. I mean. I don't I don't want to go live on Mars. I don't want to go live on on a space station above Venus in the clouds of Venus. I don't want to go to Europa right next to, you know, Jupiter where it's below freezing and and it's cold everywhere and you have to dig a mile on, you know, through ice to get to water and we don't even need know the liquid composition of that water if it's even safe to to be in it. And no one wants to go live on the moon. I mean, clearly we already know enough about that as an average citizen, but for everyone else, like that understands what I said before, you know, all those other destinations that I brought up are horrible. They would be such a huge change in lifestyle 
So um, we really need to care for this planet. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. And I will catch you guys all mañana. Peace.